0: Hello, my name is Lord Paul Scriven, and today we're in discussion with Lord Robin Butler, who is a former head of the UK Civil Service, as well as being a principal private secretary to a number of British Prime Ministers, including Margaret Thatcher, John Major, and latterly Tony Blair. Today. Robin is going to share with us his insights, thoughts and tips to what makes a modern public service leader, helping you hopefully to reflect and become one of tomorrow's leaders today. Robin, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, And clearly you have got lots of experience and have had to deal with lots of difficulty and uncertainty. In your career. What are your observations of those leaders in the public service that you've seen who are able to navigate this and those that don't? What are the qualities that you see?
1: Well Paul I had the privilege of working very closely with five British Prime Ministers. Uh, Ted Heath, Harold Wilson, uh, Margaret Thatcher, John Major and Tony Blair and so I saw at very close hand the way they dealt with all the things that happened to prime ministers, all the crises that came up. And I distilled for myself some lessons about that. Uh, Because I was leading the civil service, I had to lead a a programme of reform which involved change through, well, half a million civil servants in all and uh, so I had my own leadership role and I tried to, lead, lead, lead to get the lessons from the people that I'd, uh, I'd seen. And uh, well, let me just run through some of the things that uh, I learned. First of all I think it's very important for a leader to make the direction of their leadership clear. People won't follow unless they know the way you're going. So they want to know that. Secondly, you need to be resolute in your leadership. You need to stick to your guns, because if people see you retreating at the first difficulty you get into, they will lose confidence in you, and they won't uh, follow you. Third. I think all leaders run into difficulties and uh, I think it's very important that if the people who are following you are going to believe in you, you've got to stand by them. Uh, If they get into difficulties, if a difficulty occurs, it may be somebody's uh, fault. But if you can, if you know they're doing their best, you want to stand by them because if you don't, then it will always be remembered against you. So if you can, if it's justified, you should uh, stand by the people you lead. And perhaps the fourth thing is this, make your own principles clear because um, people then don't have to ask you the whole time what you think about something. Uh, If they know that you have clear principles and we'll stick by them, uh, that, uh, that saves a lot of uh, effort. And then I think the other thing which comes to my mind is that a leader should always work harder than anyone else because, again, if the people who see you uh, can see that you're putting huge effort in, they are willing to put effort in themselves. If they think that you're shirking and leaving the work to them, leaving the difficult things to do uh, to the people below you, then that you lose their respect. Well, that's just five <laughs> things that, off the cuff
0: but uh, I hope uh, might give us a start for our conversation. I think it does, Robin, and I find that fascinating. Of those five things, quite a lot of them will take for you and for other leaders, a lot of personal resilience. How do you deal with um, difficult situations where maybe your principles and your view at sticking at something, maybe is questioned by the Prime Minister um, or somebody senior, how did you navigate that really difficult situation? Because it's a situation that many people in Africa and Asia working in public services find.
1: Well, of course, you've got to recognize if you're a civil servant, as I was, and you're working for a prime minister, the prime minister is the boss. And uh, you, therefore, um, have to uh, carry out uh, their program as uh, best and conscientiously as you can. And that involves a respect for democracy. Uh, you know, I sometimes disagreed with the Prime Ministers I served, but um, I accepted that they were the boss. Now, if they were asking me to do something that was against my conscience, uh, then that was a different matter. And in those circumstances, um, you may have to say that you won't do it and you may have to then give up your job. But um, you you don't give up your job just because you Think that if you've been you'd, you'd have been taking a different decision. It is your boss's right to take that decision, and it's your duty to carry it out as effectively as you can.
0: Uh, and on the principle issue, a lot of a lot of good leaders I've seen across the world are very principled and value driven. How do you convey to people who were uh, in your service, because there were many thousands? How did you get across the values and principles that you had as a leader and you expected of those in the civil service? What were the personal things that you did to ensure that it was value-driven?
1: Well, I think I I was fortunate in the British Civil Service because the principles had become well-established. And they were um, integrity, uh, honesty, uh, impartiality, because uh, in the British Civil Service you have to be prepared to work for whichever party the electors put in power uh, and you've got to therefore do uh, that evenly for both sides. I used to compare it with being a lawyer. The (laughs) lawyer does the best for whoever the client is, uh, but they're acting honestly. Uh, And so you need impartiality. And then objectivity and that I think uh, involves looking at things on their merits, uh, and certainly keeping out any personal interest which uh, might um, cloud your judgment. So you have to detach yourself from that and try to be as objective as possible.
0: Robin, that's that's absolutely I think brings us to today in a way that we're now at a stage where a lot of things have changed because of the pandemic um, and are changing and there's a lot of uncertainty. As you look at today, based on your experience, what do you think are some of the qualities and leadership requirements that senior people in public service are going to require to navigate this unprecedented era in human history uh, for us who are, who are living?
1: Well. Of course, times changed, and uh, it's now um, 25 years uh, since I retired from the public service. And in many ways, I'm glad that I'm not in it now, because now um, governments have to deal with 24/7 media, and uh, people with uh, people very often have short attention spans. Um, But uh, I think that um, the fundamental values haven't changed. But you have, of course, got to be um, adaptable to change, and you've got to welcome it. Uh, one of the things that the pandemic has introduced is the need for um, remote working, and technology uh, supports that as well. So um, you've got to be ready for change. I remember Ruffer. that there was a well-known civil servant in my day uh, to whom one of his people working for him said, "I'm against this. If we do this, everything will change." And the senior civil servant said, "Yes, you know, but you've got to recognise things do change. Life changes. That's what
0: distinguishes it from death." <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And and as you look at things that have happened since you've. Um, retired from the civil service, what are the things that you see that have changed in terms of leadership styles that you think you wish were around when you were actually still in the civil service? Is there anything that's uh, adapted or changed or new styles of leadership that you've seen which you think, actually, that is really good and I wish that we'd have done that when I was in the civil service?
1: Well, of course, technology um, gives you a whole lot of new... Um, skills you can use and, of course, it's made government very much more efficient. It's removed a lot of the drudgery tasks of um, keeping records and ledgers and all that sort of thing. So it's made, I think, um, work potentially more interesting. Of course, it's also hugely increased um, the means of communication and that's very good But of course, it's also got its dangers um, because um, it it, it would be easy to suppose that government is just about communicating. Government isn't about communicating, government is about taking the right decisions and the ease of communication is a benefit because you can communicate those uh, very efficiently But um, if you think that communication is the most important thing in government, then that's a mistake.
0: What do you think is the most important thing in government, Robin, particularly from a senior civil servant's point of view?
1: I think that uh, respecting democracy, um, supporting uh, those who are properly elected, and then maintaining your own personal standards when uh, putting the, that, uh, your futures into practice. But I think, yes, the most important thing, I suppose, if I had to sum it up in one word, is duty. Um, one has a duty in all forms of public life, but particularly in the civil service, uh, to serve the public and to serve those whom democracy has put into uh, the top of government.
0: And thinking about your own journey, Robin, from the, um, when you entered through the civil service exam to being at the um, pinnacle of your career as the head of the UK civil service and the uh, principal private secretary to prime ministers. As you went through that journey, what are the key things that you learned or key um, decisions or issues that arose that helped you become a better leader uh, as you uh, roar through the civil service? Is there anything that stands out or issues that stand out that you can recall?
1: Well, um, I think that well, my experience is that although the media would suggest uh, that um, politicians are fools or knaves, um, uh, because that makes a better story, all i can honestly say that all the senior politicians that i worked for or worked with were people who wanted to do the best for the country that was their motivation that was why they were in the in the job of course events can um, make things difficult and uh, you politicians can't always steer a clear road because events create obstacles in the road and they've got to find their way around them. And I didn't find it difficult to respect the politicians that I worked for. Uh, They had different qualities and different talents and that's what made them so interesting. And uh, what I always tried to do was to um, reinforce uh, their qualities and um, where I could do it to support them in their weaknesses.
0: That's wonderful. And just as we end Robin, um, many people listening to this are probably two or three grades down from becoming a permanent secretary and that's their uh, aim. Other than building good working relationships with politicians which you've brought out a key in this podcast. What are the other things that you think they need to think about or work on to become a really effective permanent secretary?
1: I think that uh, they... First of all, I I hope that they're only doing it because they think the job is interesting and they think that it's worthwhile. Uh, If you you, um, can do that then um, everything else follows, really. Um, You don't have to sort of work for promotion because if you've put everything into it and you've contributed effectively, promotion uh, will follow. Now, what skills do you need to prepare yourself for that? Uh, In the civil service, when I was in it, we had a very deliberate policy of trying to prepare people for the top jobs. And that meant giving them a breadth of experience uh, and um, also giving them at least a spell in personnel management. I think that's an important thing for people to do in their careers. They may find that less interesting, actually, some people um, naturally take to that. But um, that is a very important uh, bit of experience to have. So I think my advice to somebody who um, is pursuing a career and hopes to get to the top of it, give, think carefully about the breadth of experience and skills that you want and try to shape your career so that you equip yourself for the top jobs.
0: Robin, thank you. That's been absolutely fascinating and I'm sure there's a lot there for people are listening to reflect on thank you very much
1: thank you paul i've enjoyed it